Welcome to the Shining Mind podcast. I'm Dr. Selena Bartlett and I'm a neuroscientist. And today we're going to be talking about um, diversity and inclusion and unconscious gender bias. And I was very fortunate to be nominated and to win the Athena Swan Award for Diversity and Inclusion this year. And in this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about why I did that and to to, and hear from two of the amazing women that nominated me and and went on from being in that state where they wanted to quit their jobs uh, as scientists while they're raising their children because it just seemed so hard to going on through taking the oxygen mask and looking after themselves on a daily basis to win awards and fellowships and to be outstanding mentors for other young women. We want to do this together, women and men on the rise, helping each other to forge complex, difficult, dual careers, as well as trying to raise healthy and beautiful children. So please join me. Thank you, ladies and women, for nominating me for that award. I'm forever surprised and grateful. But I hope we can take this message and help other people that don't have, that aren't as lucky as us to be at QUT um, and having the opportunities to have all these wraparound support systems that allow us to succeed. So please join me and thank you. And so it's a great pleasure to do Selena and thank you Selena for, uh, for your efforts. I did look up your award, Laurie Austin Award yeah. for Neuroscience in Australia, yeah. but you had another one in the US earlier. Oh, that, yeah, that's for the startup. Which was a startup, you know, selected for prioritised startups. So yeah. um, it was, as I said, a wonderful surprise to learn about your activities <laughs> at the awards yeah. ceremony. So congratulations on yeah, that. Pretty excited about that one. So, let you go. You're welcome. Well, hi everyone. I'm Professor Selena Bartlett. I am, if you don't know me, um, I'm on the beautiful level six. We think it's the best level in the building. Don't you, Derek? Anyway, sorry. Um, and I'm a group leader in neuroscience and obesity, and I'm very proud of that. And it's been quite the journey. So I'd like to start with a story because I think that sets the scene for my life and why I mentored these amazing young women. And I was uh, sitting in the John Curtin School of Medical Research at the Australian National University. I was doing a postdoc, so I just finished my PhD at the University of Queensland. And if you probably don't know, my sister got a mental illness in Brisbane. I didn't like how she was treated. I was in a lockup ward with her. And I was actually a pharmacist. I was going to open pharmacies in Queensland for women. And then I went back and did my PhD. And I couldn't use a pen. Um, anyway, so I ended up at the John Curtin School, which is one of the top schools for neuroscience. And I got amazing training. But I remember sitting in this auditorium and this amazing male professor beautiful man, stood up the front of the theatre, the theatre was full of people, um, and he said, okay everyone, it's very clear here that there's a locker room that exists, and only men can go into that locker room, and stuff happens in the locker room, and women aren't in there on that conversation, and I'm sitting there, this really young, no kids yet, 
um, person. I thought, wow. And he goes, we're going to create a position that only senior women can apply to so that young women, because we were about 60% of women at the low levels then, uh, can apply to so that women have someone to look up to that have family or very successful scientists. So it wasn't that you had to, only just because you're a woman, obviously there's going to be tons of qualified women to apply. So I'm sitting there going, I just entered into the best possible time in history as a, science, women, a woman scientist. And, and the only two people that shot down that idea immediately in that room were the two women, the two professorial women. I will never forget the day. Uh, it imprinted in my mind forever. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's ridiculous. And you're so, I'm so junior, I can't say anything. I said, in that moment, I remembered very clearly, if I ever get into that position, I am going to bring the women with me, with the men, all together. Because this is a, this is like just decades of wiring, and but we've got to evolve, you know. And so. I got the amazing opportunity because Tracy met me through multiple different ways and she invited me in to this committee when you started the Women in STEM and she gave me this group of women to mentor. And I said to her, because I remember the guys in the room and I stood up and I said, I just want to let you know that I love policy, but I like action a lot better. <laughs> so I'm going to take this seriously, really seriously. I hope you won't know that. So um, I got very lucky to mentor these women. And so what I did is I created, so what the issue for me, because I want to have a family and I want to be a woman and I want, and I want to be a woman, I want to be a scientist, I want to be the whole package because everyone around me couldn't have kids and they were male. Why couldn't I have a family too? I want to let you know it was really difficult because I had zero support the whole way, especially women were not helpful to me. The men were more helpful to me, actually, which is really sad. And I think we, that's why I said we have to help each other um, because it is it's, what I like to call it, it's the valley of death. There's, a, there's this period, which I met all of you, going through the same period where you're like, this is really hard to be a scientist because it's really hard to get funding. You've got to publish every year. It's very competitive. I really want to have a family and you hit this gap and it's for men too, it's like the family gap where you've got to manage the whole thing. How do you keep your publications going when you're pregnant? Because I tell you, you don't want to, science looks really <coughs> stupid when you're pregnant, because it's the best experiment you ever do. And um, it's just true, and your hormones are raging, and you know, I was there, like I'd rather have my child and go to the lab, you know, you're going through all of that. But you've got to keep up your yearly publication cycle to stay in the game. Anyway, so I said to Tracy, okay, this is the valley of death. That's my sweet spot. I want to bridge the gap and I want to bring women with me and I, I want to be a role model and I want to show them the things I learned that I should have done and I didn't do and some of the things that worked and not worked. So we set up a social media platform together because it's not what you're doing at work, it's what you're doing at home. If you're not healthy in your body and your mind, you can't be doing all these other things, like ma managing a family. This is for all of us, it's not just for women. Anyway, so then we talked about some strategic decisions that women always make incorrectly <laughs> um, to uh, navigate that next phase, like B to C, or even A to B, B to C, or thinking they can't even be scientists, or go into administration, or they'll support people, you know, because we're really caretakers. 
So we get given the tasks that men always say no to. And this happened to me at the John Curtin School always. And so then you're off doing all the cups of teas and the seminar productions and no one cares about that on your CV because it's like, where's your nature paper? What's your grant? You know, where's the last author, the first author? That's what counts, you know? And then if you look like me too, um, and who refuse to like, why should I have to wear a pantsuit if I don't want to? Then I always get asked to make a cup of tea. So when I was at the, I ran a lab at the University of California, San Francisco for 12 years, and I'd go into all these business meetings because I was developing medications for alcohol addiction. As soon as I walk in, they'd say to me, I'd, I'd like my milk and my coffee shakes. <laughs> that happened for a long, forever. It still happens now, to be honest. But I just say, oh, thank you. Would you mind getting me a, a, I'd like a dirty chai latte with please. 51% <laughs> <laughs> of the world are women, right? So anyway, so I just want to introduce and they can tell you what they did to navigate some of this. But I just want to let you know that if you, have, if you want any advice, I'm happy to provide it to you, but I'd like to give you one little biohack, because that's what I love to do. Um, so just put your arms up. Come on, make yourself happy. Because <laughs> that's all that matters anyway in this world, isn't it, Jenny? <laughs> so I just want to complete um, this journey by saying to you that I'm very proud to say that I just won, and I didn't expect this, I, I was the least person in ever expected to be a scientist at school. If you go and ask anyone I was at school with, I'd be the last person in the room to be a scientist. And I just won the Laurie Austin Award for my contributions to neuroscience. And um, it's been a journey. Um, it could be, I don't know what's gonna happen next, but I'm giving a, a, a big public lecture in Adelaide. And I'm giving a scientific presentation, so I was nominated by the council. And that's a very big honor for me because that's been 30 years in the making. My next journey is to now put policy and scientific ideas into action because there's so many people in the world suffering and we all, and you're all making a big difference, but let's all make the world a little bit better. So thank you. So, yeah, so um, I'll start and you'll go next. <laughs> um, yes, I was lucky enough to meet Tracy through the Women in, in STEM program, which was the program that preceded um, Athena Swan, as you mentioned. And, um, and I met Selena at, at a point in time where I had just told people on my Christmas holidays, I'm done, this is a mugs game, and it's not made for women, and I'm out. And my children were um, barely school age, so a preschooler and just at school. And uh, I wasn't sleeping, I was stress eating, I felt like my life was just trying to do several things really badly, and, um, and I didn't like any of them. And um, this social media platform, it sounds like a gimmick, but actually it's just a daily reminder that you have a limited amount of time and you have a limited amount of resources and you um, need, you can uh, change that, that uh, the, the way that you can prioritise things and you can give so much of yourself and then you have to turn back and reflect on what you're giving yourself. And for me, I was running on a completely empty tank and I probably had been for a couple of years. And so that was the point in time where I got um, gutsy enough, and that's not even an appropriate way to say this, but just to um, limit uh, and fence 
parts of my life that were where, where work was not welcome or where I was focusing on family or where I was asking permission, felt like, to look after my own health. And um, once I <laughs> sorted that out, um, I make that sound like I just did it, and that's entirely not true. I think we have probably, this is a now a, probably a three-year process, and I would still say I'm learning every day. I think you should tell the 10pm story. Do this. <laughs> the 10pm 10 10 of going to find something to... <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, that's true. So I yeah, um, used to go and look for Fefinus and tea with whiskey in it at 10pm to try and get that grant written and then all of a sudden was fine not all of a sudden one year later was finding myself in the gym <laughs> at 10pm because that's the time that I could lock out to begin with um, you know if that's the time that I got there then that was the time that I got there and I just made sure that I did it uh, and so yes, that it's not slow. It's not sorry. It's not an overnight process. It is a it is a process that I've had to constantly um, work on and remind myself that um, that self care <laughs> counts. That you need to you need to um, demand. I guess not ask permission, but demand that those fences be built around the parts of you that are going to help you to function properly at work and to function properly at home and that's been an incredible change for me. I certainly would not be here <laughs> today if, um, if I hadn't met you in that moment in time, which is quite, um, quite lucky and, um, and thank you for that. Um, and yeah, and totally see that as something for me now to, to pass on to, to the people that I'm working around and to the teams that I'm working around and to try and remind people that um that we don't have to um, give so much of ourselves that we've got nothing left, um, and there there are ways to navigate that. So leave him up. Hi. So I was in the second cohort of Selena's um, Women in STEM group, um, and like Jenny, I was in the valley of death. I was struggling quite a lot, I think, although I realise it now, I maybe didn't really realise it at the time, but yeah, young kids, no sleep, pressure on myself um, to achieve and do all the things to improve our CVs that we need to do. Um, you know, I've been lucky to have great scientific mentors in my life, but it was nice to have someone who wasn't like invested in my research, um, so it's good to have Selena and yeah just take time for myself like look after my health and I don't think I've embraced the exercise quite as much as Jenny yeah Jenny just re running 100 kilometers if you want to donate <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this is for it's for it's for November everyone it's for your research I have 40 kilometers left to run importantly
yeah, we really appreciate your time. Like, yeah, it was pretty much It was daily, daily by yeah, the way. Daily. <laughs> daily for um, a year. I just looked back through the thread, actually, <laughs> to get inspiration. But, yeah, like, so much positivity, actually. Can I just add why it works? Because you may be thinking that sounds like how has that got to do with becoming a woman or man professor and successful? It's not just for women, it's for each of us. But what I've discovered in my neuroscience career, I was developing drugs, but it's actually neuroplasticity and brain resilience that drives successful, healthy lives. And none of us are really doing it. And when you get up and you do this and take yourself first, take the oxygen mask, you're actually gonna get more energy and then your family gets healthier and your relationships get healthier, which makes work easier. And then you're nicer at work too. And so then they like you and they want to help you. Do you know what I mean? It has this massive flow on effect. And that took me 25 years of scientific training to get to that space. And I obviously do it for myself now, but I just want to let you know, I nearly died. Um, so I was running a very uh, toxic, in a very toxic, very highly competitive environment. And I did not take care of myself. So I'm coming from a lived experience. I put my work first and raising the kids. I was doing exactly what Jenny was doing. I put the kids to bed, get the dishes done, go back to my desk to write the next grant. Did not exercise, I was eating and drinking too much. I was super overweight, I was really unhealthy. And by the time I got back to Brisbane when they recruited me back here, I was very ill. <laughs> so so I, that's why I'm so devoted to this because I could see the same thing happening and there's no one in the background saying take the like take your health seriously because you get more energy from that than less energy from that. And it's for each of us, it's not just for us, but I'm just so happy that these like you didn't even mention how successful you are. Like they got through the valley of death, but now like they went on to win like you are so successful and like Derek's so lucky to have these amazing people, and you're lucky to have him, of course. <laughs> Without him, there is no you, but too, but you know, I'm just saying. So anyway, I just invite you all to take your health really seriously from a brain perspective, neuroscience perspective. I welcome you to listen to, uh, this, I just started a podcast called Shining Mind, Women on the Rise, but it's for men too. I'm just starting women this section because when I interviewed Jenny, I discovered that she this amazing scientific talent. Like you'll hear like this female intelligence talking deep on a scientific subject. And I thought, wow, we need to get that to young women in high school and and, and other people that want to become scientists and stuff like that. So um, we're doing that too. And if anyone here would like to be on there, please come and see me because I'd love to promote your work. And um, I think it's really important, especially Australian scientists, we need to be promoting more of what we do in the world too. Because we shouldn't be competing against each other in Australia, we should be helping each other because we're competing against the world.